T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and it's a high fly ball. Billikens win! This is Sports Open Live. It's a grand slam. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice. Yes. KMOX. Good Tuesday night to you. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pauly. I have you for the next two hours. We're taking you all the way until 8 o'clock. Haven't had a lot of these full two-hour programs recently, but we have one today, and uh, happy to be able to come your way. If you want to join us, as always, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You call, you text. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is how you get in contact with us. The breaking news of the last uh, hour or so Albert Pujols being named the comeback player of the year after he got his uh, 700th career home run this past year uh, with the Cardinals and uh, obviously very well-deserved. There'd been some other awards like this during the award season, like all, all these different organizations have, have awards, whether they're the players choice awards or, you know, when the baseball writers are giving them out, there's just, there's a bunch of different awards handed out by different organizations. And sometimes they're awarding kind of the same thing. And there'd been some comeback awards that he had not won, but he wins this one. So, um, right rightfully so i'd been bummed for him and with all due respect to anybody else who you could argue is a comeback player i think it's really tough to albert pools at one point in time and i know when you're talking about comeback player more often than not you're comparing the previous year to that year and obviously he finished out last season uh so you know not not this past year with the cardinals the year before are we at the point now where if you say last season we're talking about the most recent season anyways the season before his Cardinal season, finishing out with the Dodgers and uh, putting up good numbers. So you wonder if that impacts him being viewed as the comeback player of the year. But at the same time, at one point during his time with the Angels, he was statistically the worst, the worst player in all of Major League Baseball. There was That's where his numbers were at. You could have you could make the argument that he was the worst of any player in baseball at one point during his time with the Angels, and for him to come all the way back and for the second half of the season this year, he was one of the best hitters in baseball, one of the best hitters in the National League. He had a difference-making bat, and it it continues to be 
just such an incredible story that the Cardinals probably don't go on their second half run. The Cardinals probably don't have that August to remember. The Cardinals probably don't just absolutely leave Milwaukee in their dust without the offensive performance of Albert Pujols. And the thing that I'll always lament about this season is that when the postseason hit, the Cardinals were in an offensive funk and they did not get out of their offensive funk. And it just felt like if they could have been the team offensively that they were in the month of August in the playoffs, this is a team that could have won a World Series. It didn't happen, and we can do the coulda, woulda, shoulda all day long, but it goes back to pools. Like You know who Nolan Arenado is. You know who Paul Goldschmidt is. You know who these other players on the team are and kind of their their roles in the overall run-scoring production for the Cardinals. The guy that stepped forward, the guy who did things that you didn't expect him to do, was Albert Pujols, and that was the reason that the Cardinals went on that run in the second half, specifically in the month of August. So, um, yeah, he uh, he's, he's the National League Comeback Player of the Year. By the way, uh, Justin Verlander wins the award in the American League. Uh, other players to receive uh, support, as stltoday.com uh, referred to it as, uh, Cardinals closer Ryan Helsley, Atlanta outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr., and also uh, Philadelphia pitcher uh, Mark Appel uh, were others who uh, were considered for the award. But obviously what Albert Pujols was able to do was uh, beyond beyond remarkable and uh, yeah that was um that was pretty cool that was pretty cool to see that and now i'm glad that he's able to uh finish it off and just another award the, this award season which always happens after the uh, world series comes to an end uh whether it's the gold gloves whether it's the mvp whether it's the hard and hustle world whether it's the silver sluggers like whatever it might be the cardinals have obviously been uh very very well represented uh on this so albert Pujols is your comeback player of the year we'll talk a little bit more about that with uh brendan schaefer we'll also talk some muzu football here's what's coming up over the next uh two hours uh we'll talk some st louis blues hockey after the uh, bottom of the hour this is um this is pretty incredible that they've gone out and they've won seven in a row. Uh, I was reading uh, the story in The Athletic by Jeremy Rutherford. He mentioned the fact that it sets a uh, NHL obscure record, just that it's the first time ever that following a losing streak of at least eight games, a team has won at least seven games. So we'll talk a little bit about the Blues coming up uh, later on. We'll get back into the Cardinals uh, next hour. Should the Cardinals go after one of these top-tier shortstops? If they do, who should it be? We'll talk some Billikens basketball. Stu Durando is going to join us at about 7.35. Uh, We'll talk some guns and hoses as well. That's tomorrow night at the Enterprise Center, one of the uh, best events of the year, raising money for the backstopper. So a lot to get to. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Call, text, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. This is Sports Open Line. Brendan Schaefer joins us next right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line continues on a Tuesday night, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Very happy to uh, welcome on to uh, the program a guy who writes about the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com. You can also uh, hear him in uh, Columbia on KTGR. He is uh, Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, always appreciate your time. How are you? Yeah, man, doing well. Good to be with you, my friend. Yeah, let's start with the uh, news of the day. Albert Pujols, comeback player of the year, obviously uh, rightfully deserved. But at the same time, there'd been some of those type of awards that he had not won. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. had kind of been listed a lot. But it seems fitting that uh, as this offseason and all the award season starts to wind down, that he does pick up this one. Yeah, it is fitting. I agree with that completely. Uh, Sometimes you see these awards given to guys who have dealt with injuries, like you mentioned with Ronald Acuna coming back from a pretty gruesome one. And in Albert's case, that wasn't really the the way it went. But the fact that he put up numbers that we haven't really seen from Albert Pujols since really the final season when he was with St. Louis back in 2011, talking about an 895 OPS, his best since that final year of his first go around with the Cardinals and the magic that he was able to bring to baseball fans in the second half, the chase for 700, finally getting there in that magical night of the two homers at Dodger stadium. Albert Pujols was the only candidate in my opinion for the NL award and really good to see him uh, cap his career in the way that he did and get the, the deserving recognition from this one. Brendan Schaefer joining us on the quiver river guest line. Brendan, I don't know if Cardinals fans completely realize I mentioned this opening up the show there was a point during his tenure with the Angels where he was statistically the worst player the worst position player in all of Major League Baseball it wasn't just that uh, he had fallen off the standard that he had in St. Louis and that he was kind of in a you know below average player he had turned into a bad player at one point and we could talk about injuries or anything else, but I think that makes this that much more remarkable because he went from the lowest of lows to being one of the best players in the National League for the second half of the season. Yeah, Cardinals fans might not understand because he's away for a decade and you're not watching him day in and day out to realize how far he'd really fallen. But in 2021, when he was with the Angels, I mean, he was hitting 198 with an OPS barely above 600. 
when they decided that we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to let you go. And he kind of found himself a little bit when he went to the Dodgers. And that was what made him think maybe one last go around in St. Louis could work out. It was just unbelievable though, for him to go from even the solid numbers he had with the Dodgers in 2021 to what he was able to do over the last few months of the season in St. Louis. Magic is really the only way that you can describe it. You're totally right. He had struggled so much. It looked like the end was all but assured. And then he comes back and writes a storybook ending to his career. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it for the rest of our lives as sports fans. It was just truly incredible for a player of his caliber to, to turn back time and find it the way he did in the place where it all began. You, you can't write a better script. So that takes us to this offseason because even during the year, it felt like the team was still one bat away from being who they really wanted to be from a run scoring standpoint. They're still looking for that bat and they have to replace Pujols' production. I've said it all along. It feels like this team needs two legitimate bats coming in this offseason. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for that. And I have a lot of conversation about maybe the shortstop market, not because the Cardinals don't have a capable shortstop in Tommy Ebb the way that he's performed, but you look at free agency and there are some big names out there in the market at that position. Maybe the Cardinals could jump on one of those. I wonder if maybe they'll go the route of trying to replace the DH spot with a guy who can also play outfielder, maybe a left-handed bat that can hit for some power. They've definitely got some some spots to fill on this roster, Matt. And it's going to be interesting to say the, the way that they approach it. Maybe they go the trade route as well. I, I think John Mozeliak has a lot of different options that are before him, but uh, deciding definitively on one or two of those, as you mentioned, it's going to be important for the Cardinals offense to get where it wants to go in 2023. When it comes to that shortstop market, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to give a, a five-plus year deal to any of those guys, but I do think there's the possibility that maybe one of those guys overplays his hand early on in free agency. All the teams kind of get their shortstops, and all of a sudden we're a week, two weeks out from spring training, and one of those guys is still out there and maybe the Cardinals can can you know kind of swoop in with a high annual average value one year deal that includes some sort of you know player option with a buyout where they can be done after one kind of like the Carlos Correa deal with the with the twin like something like that I feel like maybe that presents itself yeah and that's kind of the way that John Mozeliak has historically looked at the free agent market like if the market comes to us whether it's trade or free agent for that matter he's been one that's willing to make the decisive move at that point in time. I kind of agree with you. When you look at guys like Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, they're probably getting that mega deal. And I feel like they're going to be out of the Cardinals price range, even though they'd be very attractive options. I wonder if maybe a guy like Xander Bogarts, if you could get him on a shorter contract, you really like the bat for the Boston Red Sox shortstop and uh, maybe not so much defensively. So a shorter contract could make some sense as well there. Uh, It'll be really curious to see the way that it goes. I agree with you though. You do need some impact offensive players to add to this Cardinals roster like Jordan Walker the big prospect he could make his uh, appearance in 2023 sure but to put all your eggs in that basket without supplementing the roster as is I don't think that would be a wise way to go how much can you trust a Tyler O'Neill who has had a hard time staying healthy and a Dylan Carlson and a Lars Newtbar who when they play to their potential they're really good but at the same time neither of those players have a track record yeah, I think there's question marks there for sure. And that's why I wonder if maybe Walker could be a guy that he's obviously transitioned to outfield. And so that could be his future. Maybe the Cardinals could be counting on him for an early season arrival, but 
you know, with O'Neill, it's like he was injured at times. And when he was on the field, he didn't produce in 2022 the way that he did when he was a top 10 MVP guy the year before that. So you've got questions. You've got questions about Dylan Carlson being able to hit right-handed pitching. That's why maybe a left-handed impact bat, if you do go the outfield route, would be so important. And I know people are talking about need to go get a catcher, maybe a trade Lars Newtbar uh, as a guy that could be attractive to some other teams. But I feel like Newtbar as that left-handed bat in your outfield is maybe one of the more stable guys you've got there. So, like I said, lots of ways they could go with it, but you want to make sure not to overplay your hand with the guys that you do have. I like Newt Barr. I think he could stick around, but, yeah, they need more than that. I'd agree with you there. Brendan Schaefer continuing to join us. I want to switch gears and talk a little Mizzou sports before we get you out of here. Uh, Missouri football sitting one win short of a bowl eligibility, and they've got a matchup in Columbia against Arkansas, an Arkansas team that is probably – underachieved this year, but at the same time is coming off uh, a good win against Ole Miss their their last time out. What are, what kind of chances are you giving Missouri to find a way to win this game and get bowl eligible? Oh man, they really need it, Matt. It would be a big one for the Tigers to get for sure to get to that six and six season. This was supposed to be a step forward kind of year for Eli Drinkwitz's program after the big gains that he made in recruiting before the season. But now you've got it coming down to one game against an Arkansas team that, yeah, I mean, offensively, they sure seem to have more upside than what Missouri is capable of doing. If the Tigers defense performs anything like what they did in Knoxville a couple weeks ago against the Volunteers, giving up 720 yards and 66 points, it's going to be a problem because I just don't think the Tigers offense can keep up. But if that defense sort of bows his neck the way that we saw against Georgia and the way that we saw in some of those other games, I think Brady Cook's playing maybe some of the better ball of his season. So I'm not going to say it's impossible that they get it done. It's just so important that they find a way to end the season on a strong note. But it's going to be tough. They haven't been that team to close out those kinds of tough games yet, Matt. And I hope this is the on Friday, the game that they finally figure that out. Do you get the sense that with that contract extension that that's a sign that the Missouri administration really believes in Drinkwitz, or is that one of those extensions that you do just in terms of helping out with recruiting? You, there, there's, you know, you can kind of quiet down maybe some some rumors. Uh, you put the buyout in a little bit better position from an administration standpoint as well. Like how how do you evaluate that whole thing because it came at a very odd time. Yeah, it didn't really surprise me, though, like you mentioned, because of the recruiting aspects that go into it. You just don't want to have your coach uh, this offseason say going into the living rooms of some of these recruits and saying, you know, I'm 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 the guy you want to sign with when his contract maybe indicates that he might not be around for much longer. I think everybody knows the deal on what those contracts are all about. And obviously he can get out of his contract to bolt for somewhere else anytime he wants. And the, uh, the, the program can say, ah, we're not happy with the job he's doing. We're going to fire him and just eat the money in terms of the buyout. So I'm not overreacting to that, but I do think that if Drinkwitz A isn't able to solidify knowing what quarterback he wants for 2023 and maybe build on some of that recruiting wins that he got this past off season, you're going to look at a team that maybe could be looking to move on from him. If 2023 is sort of a redux of what we've seen this year, eh? It's got to be the hot seat at some point if they don't make progress on the field. I did think it was interesting. I forget the exact terminology. You'll probably know better than me. It's not fully vested. I don't think it's fully mortgaged, but whatever the term is where you're basically getting all the money back if he leaves to take uh, another job, does that does that indicate that Missouri does feel like that if he ever really gets this thing rolling that there's a good chance that he would look elsewhere? Yeah, I think it does. It's never, it never feels good to say that in the moment because if, if things are going well and you say, oh, this is our guy, he wants to be here at Missouri, 
Like, I just don't think it's a Gary Pinkle situation, though, right? Like, Gary Pinkle truly was going to end his career in Columbia, Missouri, and, and that was going to be the way that it ended. But for Drinkwitz, I mean, he's climbed the ladder already, right? He had Appalachian State rolling and didn't stay there very long before the Columbia job came a-calling. And so is it possible that down the line, if he is attractive to some other big-name programs, he would bolt? Yeah, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, but it's so interesting. On the one hand of the spectrum, you've got that versus does Mizzou want him long-term if things aren't going well here? So I think it could really swing in either direction depending on how the 2023 uh, three season really unfolds. Before we get you out of here in Missouri basketball, they play again tomorrow when they take on Coastal Carolina. They haven't been tested yet uh, in terms of who they've played, and their first two games this season were a lot tighter than they should have been against Southern Indiana and Penn. I was not high on the Tigers, and then they've kept winning. They've scored a lot of points, and I start looking at the roster, and I, I like Demoy Hodge. I obviously like Kobe Brown. I like Isaiah Mosley. Like I'm looking at this roster, and I'm going, you know what? This team might actually be better than I thought they were. Am I crazy, or is that a is that a something that makes a little bit of sense? No, I think it makes sense, and it, if nothing else, they're at least more fun than yeah. they were last year, right? I mean, under Conzo Martin's team thing, it, it gotten a little bit stale, and I feel like if nothing else. You're going to see a team that can play well in transition, can get after it a little bit on defense, and be at least enjoyable to watch. I don't know if Dennis Gates is going to have this thing to the NCAA tournament just yet. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but possible NIT bid and have some interesting games, at least in conference play, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I like the direction, at the very least, that things are moving so far for the Tigers on the on the hardwood. Uh, well, we'll have a different conversation maybe after they play Wichita State and after they play Illinois and after they play Kansas and certainly after they get into SEC play. (laughs) But right now, it feels like at the very least, this is a team that's built not to be embarrassed by those teams. Oh, absolutely. And this is a team, too, that we've got to remember where we were a year ago with the Tigers. They they haven't lost to the UMKC of this season, right? They have, they've they come close, maybe, a couple of tight games early on, as you mentioned, but they've at least been able to handle their business. And even in their last game against Mississippi Valley State, you see a pretty sluggish first half, and then they pull away in the second half. So, like, there are signs that things are at least improving. I think staying patient, staying the course with this group would be probably the, the wise investment there, but I at least like what I'm seeing so far. Feels like to me, and maybe this uh... – I grew up here and I've been away for, you know, 20 years until coming back five, six months ago. But historically, it felt like the Missouri basketball boosters were a little bit more active, a little bit more hands-on than, say, the football boosters. How, how have you felt that the Mizzou community, boosters or not, have, have taken to Dennis Gates? I think pretty well, honestly. And, and for the reason being is, like, you look at immediately him showing up on campus and pulling in some big recruiting wins and, and the transfer portal wins that he's been able to remake a, a pretty dead roster in short order. Getting a guy like Isaiah Mosley to come over from Missouri State, a Columbia kid, that you can say, hey, that might be a guy that's preparing for a possible NBA career. He wants to go somewhere where he can show his stuff. And for that kid to choose Mizzou after the kind of season that they had last year, you get Aiden Shaw to recommit after he was part of the Conzo Martin recruiting class. Like, Dennis Gates has done some impressive things that I feel like it's got to get people in Columbia on board and excited. Ultimately, wins on the floor are what's going to continue to build that momentum, but so far, so good with the way that he's handled things over the last few months. He's Brendan Schaefer, writes about the Cardinals at KMOV.com, also hosts the big show on KTGR in Columbia. You can follow him on Twitter at bschaefer 12 Brendan, always appreciate your time and your insight. We'll do this again real soon. Thanks, Matt. Looking forward to it. All right, very good. Brendan Schaefer joining us here on the program. Just a little bit of breaking news real quick before we uh, get uh, out of here for a break. The latest edition of the college football playoff rankings are out. 
No changes. Georgia continues to be number one for a third straight week. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and TCU at number four. Uh, The change comes uh, with uh, LSU uh, staying one spot ahead of USC at number five. Uh, That was after uh, Tennessee. They got beat uh, pretty good this past weekend. They also lost their quarterback, Hendon Hooker. He is done for the rest of the season. So any thought that uh, Tennessee had of uh, sneaking their way into the college football playoff, that is not going to happen. When we come back, we'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. We'll get uh, some of the comments from uh, Coach Craig Berube earlier uh, today. That's all on the way next. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line rolling on here on a Tuesday night. As always, if you would like to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And a reminder for you, if you ever miss anything here on Sports Open Line, you can always uh, relive the program via podcast, KMOX.com, of course, the Odyssey app as well, and uh, you can uh, yeah, just you, you missed something. You want to rehear? Did did Paulie really say what I think he just said? Well, you know what? You can just go back and listen to the podcast, and uh, there you go. So uh, I was reading the athletic story about uh, last night's Blues game, and that game was tight. That was a one-one game, and then the Blues get on the power. I the the power play where they scored the winning goal, and they had been uh, they'd been very good. They'd been attacking. They had been uh, looking like they were in the, the you know the. They're making the Ducks incredibly uncomfortable there in the final period, uh, but they weren't getting anything to go. And then they go on that power play and just absolutely swarming, and they're able to score, and they're able to uh, take the lead 2-1 eventually. Uh, they get the 3-1 win. Uh, but in the story in The Athletic, they mentioned this, a little bit of obscure NHL history, that this is the first time ever in the history of the NHL where a losing streak of at least eight games has been followed by a winning streak of at least seven. I mean, it's just, it's odd when you look at what they've done so far. They've got 10 wins this year, and the 10 wins come via two winning streaks, a three-gamer to open up the year, and then the uh, the, the seven-gamer they're on right now, and then all eight of their losses come as just part of one big losing streak. But give them credit for the way they're playing. We'll hear from Craig Berube here in just a moment. He uh, he spoke uh, after, after practice uh, earlier today. But I did think one of the most interesting things he said yesterday uh, after the game was, you know, people are looking for, like, big reasons, right? Like, you you flip the proverbial light switch and you try to, what's the change? What change? Like, people want this one singular change that is a big deal. And in sports, more often than not, it's it's more simple, it's more small, when you're talking about the difference between winning and losing and you're talking about professional athletes who play at the highest level, it's the small stuff that ends up being the biggest difference. And the small stuff 
when it comes to the Blues is just being able to control the puck. And that's what they've been doing a much better job at. And that's what Craig Berube talked about yesterday. He was asked the question, and it's a good question. You know, what's changed? What is this team doing differently? And we can talk all we want about big changes like line changes and uh, just, you know, being able to go out there and play with a ton more energy. And uh, But it, it comes down to something fairly small, and that's the ability to possess the puck and do what you want with the puck at any given moment. So uh, Barubi did speak uh, earlier today. First off, uh, there are some players that uh, are either dealing with sickness or injury at the moment, and he did give an update on uh, a number of them. I think so. He practiced and felt okay today, so I'd assume he's ready. Is that a spot you can maybe put him in in a game? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it depends on what we want to do, but, um, you know, we got, you know, there's good options, right? You know, just um, I, I thought that that 18, 25, 89 line was pretty effective. Um, you know, just trying to, you know, going to have to move some guys around and just see what works. And then what's Krug's situation? Um, you know, we thought it was best to stay off again today and then get a skate tomorrow and see how he feels. So we'll know tomorrow if he can go. Perinko more precaution too? Yeah, I think Perinko's fine. Yeah. And same with Buchnevich? Yes, he'll be fine too. He'll be fine was the uh, message on number of players. The first player he was talking about, by the way, was uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, There are still some issues with this team uh, and also some things that they're doing right. Let's start with some of the issues. Uh, Berube did talk about uh, the need to uh, not turn the puck over as much as they are. You know, we still got to clean up uh, turnovers. You know, I think that we turn pucks over that unnecessarily turn. We don't need to. It's just, it's not... It's not a pressure player for, you know, it's just that we don't need to make that play and we got to get better at it. You know, something we talked about a lot when they were in that losing streak was how luck was not going their way. And that's true. That's true in sports. It will always be true in sports. It doesn't matter what sport you're talking about. When you're playing well, when you're winning a lot of games, when people are feeling good, when those 50-50 type plays, those lucky type plays, they're going in your direction. And when things are just not going well, those fluky type things go against you. And for whatever reason, that's just the way it always has been and always will be. That being said, when talking about those luck type situations, Barubi said that uh, the team has to be able to go out there and create their own. I mean, you got to work and you got to create your own luck for sure by competitiveness and hard work and winning battles you know mm-hmm. if you if you take care of those things those things are um you know controllable there's a lot of things that aren't they're uncontrollable but you could control your work ethic and your competitiveness out there and you know if you're we're winning 50 percent or more of our puck battles and you limit your turnovers and mistakes you're going to be in good shape that's, I mean, you, that's just playing good hockey. The one player that, and I'm not alone in this, there are a lot of people talking about this guy. He has really come through, has been playing some strong hockey lately, is at Noel Char. He now has five goals and the three assists, eight points, uh, goes out there, and it just feels like 
He's able to make a difference in the game, even when he's not scoring, even when he's not assisting. He's going out there, and he's making winning-type plays. And I'm not the only one who's noticing that. There's a lot of conversation about him and the things he is doing to help this team win games. You can move him around, and I think he just he brings everybody into the fight for me. Uh, you know, when it, whoever's line he's playing on or what he does. So uh, it's a hard line. It's a good identity line for for us, I believe, you know, three physical guys that, um, and you know, they're they're creating opportunities to score two and score them. So they're doing a good job. He's 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 a pretty likable player, I think. By from, from you know, most coaches would like him. You think people sometimes forget or underestimate? You brought it up that he scored twenty goals before. I mean, I think people just kind of look at him as a as a fourth line grinding kind of a guy. Well, I mean, I think probably that's been more of his role throughout his career. But, you know, he gets good looks almost every game because of hard work and being around that net. Um, so, and, you know, he's putting him in now. So, um, like I said, I think he, whatever line he goes on, he helps him. So what's next for the Blues? We'll see if they can answer that eight-game losing streak with an eight-game winning streak. They head to Buffalo tomorrow. They'll have three games out east. They'll start with a game in Buffalo, and then they'll head to the state of Florida to match up against uh, Tampa Bay and also match up against the Panthers tomorrow's and we'll see what happens because Buffalo is in action right now against Montreal. So Buffalo is going to be on a back to back. They lead right now by a three, one score that's coming up on the end of the first period. Uh, But Buffalo going into this game tonight, they have lost eight straight games. So uh, they got off to a nice start too. You don't really know. There wasn't any reason to really expect much out of the Sabres this year, but they were able to go out and win four of their first five, and you thought, okay, maybe this team is something, but they've lost eight in a row. Again, they are losing right now in Montreal to the Canadians, and then they've got the... um, They've got the back-to-back. So either Buffalo will have lost nine in a row when the Blues match up against them, or they will have lost eight of nine uh, when the Blues match up against them. But the, those type of situations always work. How, do, how many times do we see it? Team with a great record plays a team with a bad record. Team with a big winning streak plays the team with the long losing streak, and it goes in the opposite direction. It just seems like that happens uh, more often than not, but certainly a possibility that the Blues win their eighth straight game coming up tomorrow. All right, when we return, I want to talk some college football, a really interesting situation involving Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin. And it just, of course, it involves Lane Kiffin. There's always interesting, weird, wacky stuff involving uh, Lane Kiffin. Some of that is uh, self I don't know if self-inflicted because there's a negative connotation there. Some of it's just fun. Uh, but this this is one that it continues to show you college football is a business and sometimes reporters don't get things right and sometimes those two things kind of meet at a crossroads. We'll explain it all coming up in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. He's America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Starting to wrap up hour number one of the program and hour number two. We still got a lot coming up. We'll talk a little bit about guns and hoses. That's going to be taking place tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. Always a really big deal and an opportunity to uh, raise money for the Backstoppers, which is just one of the greatest organizations out there. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Cardinal shortstop uh, 
situation and whether or not they should go after one of these four high-profile free agent shortstops that are on the market or if they should just stand pat because they've got players available and they can allocate resources towards another position. Also, we'll talk some St. Louis University Billikens basketball with uh, Stu Durando, who covers the team for the Post-Dispatch and STL today. He's going to join us uh, coming up at about 7.35. Wanted to mention this because... This is one of those stories that's funny, but also when when you take a step back and just look at it from a business of college football perspective, it's disappointing all at the same time. And it also go we're living in this world right now where sometimes and I'm not I'm not saying for sure that this applies to this situation and I don't think we'll ever really know for sure. Uh, but we are living in a world where I think a lot of reporters, a lot of insiders, whatever it might be, where they are more eager and more energetic to report news first than they are to report the correct news. Now, where that might not be fair is there is a reporter who works for WCBI Television in Columbus, Mississippi. A guy by the name of John Sokoloff, and he tweeted yesterday, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach on Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Those sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is happening, story soon, unquote. Now, Friday is notable because the uh, Egg Bowl is coming up on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they will play against each other in the rivalry game. And then that's going to wrap up their respective regular season. So if Lane was going to uh, leave Ole Miss for Auburn, making the announcement that he was leaving Ole Miss on, on Friday allows him to coach on Thursday. So respected journalist at a television station in the state of Mississippi. Uh, There had been some rumblings out there that Kiffin might be interested in the Auburn job, which I know I'm not in the heart of SEC country. I know we're kind of on the outskirts of, uh, of SEC country. Is the Auburn job really that much better than the Ole Miss job? Like, I don't, I don't think it is. I just, I don't now. Maybe Auburn can offer him a whole lot more money than Ole Miss can. If it's just a money decision, okay, that's that's fine. But he's kind of built up and he's built up a top ten program at Ole Miss. Uh, he's he's a very there's a spotlight on Lane Kiffin on everything he does, everything he says, and it feels like Ole Miss is a perfect place for him to hang out until one of the. You know, blue bloods is a is like a, is a basketball term, a college basketball term, more than a college football term. But until one of the big time competing for a national title every year sort of programs opens up, you know, the next time if once Nick Saban goes goes ahead and says, you know what, I'm done at Alabama, that's that's what you leave Ole Miss for. You don't leave Ole Miss for Auburn. You leave Ole Miss for for that type of job. And th- that would be my initial reaction to this. So that report comes out. What does Lane Kiffin do? He quote tweets John Sokoloff, that tweet that I just read to you, and says, that's news to me, has the emoji with, you know, the, the face palm. 
then says nice sources with a bunch of emojis after that. To take it one step forward, this is where Lane Kiffin is amazing. Uh, He posted a fake press release. So a reminder, the guy who reported this is uh, John Sokoloff for a TV station in Mississippi. Lane Kiffin wrote up a fake press release and tweets out, says, uh, this just in, breaking news, John Sokoloff of WCBI News in Starkville, Mississippi, plans to step down as the lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say WLOX has not offered the job to anyone yet, so John to WLOX is happening. Story soon. So that's funny. That's very funny that Kiffin uh, put that out there. And, um, yeah, so that's that's part of it. I don't know if he's going or staying. Uh, reportedly, he met with his players and assured them that he has not accepted a job at any other school. That's the way ESPN phrased it, that he hasn't accepted a job at any other school. The news story from ESPN does not say that he spoke with his players and is committed to staying at Ole Miss. I I almost feel like like this this feels like one of those situations where maybe he was probably going to end up at Auburn and then all this goes down and he puts out the stuff on social media and maybe he backtracks a little bit and doesn't end up at Auburn. That's how it feels to me. But you know what? You know what could easily happen here because it's college football and crazy stuff happens. They play that game on Thursday night and Friday morning. We find out that indeed Lane Kiffin is leaving Ole Miss and head to Auburn. And all he's doing right now is trying to drive Auburn for more and more money. One hour down, one more to go. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.